When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, we've got to talk some tennis here because Peter Johnston is going to join us, uh, who is the currently the Keyong Classic uh, Tournament Director, but it directs tournaments all around the world, uh, leading tennis administrator, because the Nick Kyrgios news pulling out over the weekend for the Australian Open, what, what does that mean for the Australian uh, summer of tennis? Uh, Peter's perfect to talk to about this, uh, and he joins us on Sports Day on this Monday. Peter, welcome and thank you. Hey, Adam and Adam. Good to talk to you both. Now, you're in Hong Kong at the moment, aren't you? Ooh. Yeah, I am. Yeah, there's a bit... Uh, well, you know, Hong Kong actually has one of the lead-up tournaments to the Australian Open um, this year. Um, it was a tournament that was formerly in India, and it's on the first week of January, so I'm doing a bit up here. And then, um, as you said, the Kuyong Classic, uh, I've got to get back and do a bit of work on that shortly. So. Y- yes, absolutely. So, so Pedro, I'll ask you straight off, off the top. As a tournament director... And you have Nick Kyrgios on your list of attractions. How high is he? Because we can sometimes get sort of, you know, caught up in the hysteria of it to say that he's the, the number one attraction for an Australian Open, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But you know better than anybody. Where does he sit in the scheme of things? And how big a loss is it for the Australian Open? Well, prior to him getting injured, you'd have to put him in the top four or five marquee players, if you like, around the world, if, if you look at every market. And it is because he's there's so many dimensions to him. It's the genius when he's on the court, but also you, you get a lot of entertainment side of it. You get a bit of extra stuff coming in in the lead up in terms of what he may be doing, what he's planning. So there was, it's kind of, there was never a dull moment. So it kind of doesn't matter what market um, that you're in. He was always uh, one, one of the ones that was a target. Do you, as a tournament director, do you do you love seeing that uh, brash sort of arrogant behaviour from players like Nick Kyrgios? Is that a real draw card for you? Well, we're in the entertainment business just like anything else, and particularly with an individual sport, you know, it's very much about people follow the individuals or they they love them or hate them and that type of thing. So if you can create storylines, and Nick Nick is great at that, and I know doing Kuyong, he's always. I remember with SBS, we were talking to them a couple of years ago and I was going through a list. I was quite proud of it. We had, I think, three of the top ten and they go, Kyrgios playing, Kyrgios playing. And then, <laughs> um, so it's usually, you know, in Australia especially, every time he he does anything really, he's, he's news. And um, and I think with the tennis around the world, just, and this is much to do with the way he plays too, but he, he's just... You know, he's one of those ones that stands out from, from a lot of other players. So that's always been his value. And, Pete, I, I guess the other part of it as well is that I sort of bristle sometimes when he's put in that same conversation as a, a Nadal or a Djokovic or whoever it is at the, at the top of the men's game. But the reality from a, a promotional point of view, from a tournament director point of view, is that he actually brings in a different audience to a Nadal or a Djokovic, which helps sort of grow the sport to a, a different demographic. Is that fair? Yeah, and I think he's done that a lot in the last few years. Just um, the, the, the followers that he have, uh, you, you know, it's, I guess it's created new markets in tennis and 
Um, yeah, like certainly, <laughs> as I say, he can he can engage others and others are less engaged as a result of him playing. But I think the net result is is he adds a massive amount of interest and value. And and you know, look, interesting. Like not playing the open will be. Uh, I think he'll still have a fairly strong presence around, given that he, I've no doubt he'll do some commentary. And he's he's pretty savvy the way he's um, positioned himself. I think over the last couple of months. Did some tennis channel uh, commentary during the ATP finals uh, in the US, which was you know good for his US brand. I mean, he's very conscious of his brand too, and and coming up with new things and you know taking his own brand in different directions. So I think you'll you'll see in Australia that you know he'll he'll say a few things and he, <laughs> and people will want him to say things, and you know he'll have a fair presence and fair impact just on the overall narrative over January. Where do you think he's at career-wise? I mean, as you get older, it gets tougher. We've seen he's had a, a number of injuries over the last year or two, but he's played some some unbelievable tennis in that time as well. Does he? Do you still think he's got improvement left in his game? And where I think he's at, look, you know, this is from the cheap seats, so I'm just giving my view. But I think over the last couple of years, the the year in or the week in week out grind of the tour is not for him. You know he's branched out into doing a lot of other different things. He sort of makes no secret of all these different things that he tries and ventures that he goes into, and he loves other aspects. I think he likes looks at tennis a bit on a project basis now. And when you know you saw when he got to the Wimbledon final uh, last year, like he he hardly played anything. Like he didn't play the French. He didn't play the traditional ones that all the other guys are playing. But he played a lot of grass, sort of sort of set himself, look, I rate my chances pretty highly at, at doing well at Wimbledon. You know, I can play on grass better than 98% of the field. This is in his mind and was proved pretty much correct. He wasn't far from from winning uh, Wimbledon. There's Novak got him in a tight one. But I, I think this year, I, I think the next stage for him in, the, in his tennis is perhaps to build Wimbledon 24 as a project and, and not worry about the day in, day out, not playing the clay court season. He's got a protected ranking, which gets him into eight tournaments anyway on the old protected ranking that he had. And and I see him doing that and then not perhaps going through Wimbledon, providing the body's healthy. And then, you know, maybe, yeah, I just don't see him these days, um, you know, a day in, day out guy. But I certainly feel like if he positioned himself like that for Wimbledon, he'd still be a massive chance. So, Jono, put your tournament director hat on here. And for our audience on Sports Day on SEN, sell the Australian Open or the Australian Summer of Tennis without Nick Kyrgios. How, how, how do we do it now without him being, the, the I guess, the star Australian attraction? Yeah, but what do you, I, I think it's not a hard sell because it's so much of an event. Like, it, you can see the positioning of it. It's the... For the Australian Open itself, first of all, it's got the massive TV audience, um, um, broadcast. Most of the revenue streams are pretty much covered anyway, right? Because you've already sold your TV rights, your corporate box sales are done, your sponsors are in. So it's more what's attracting through the gate. And, and I think through the gate, you've got every top restaurant in Melbourne is featured down there. You know, there's kids stuff. There's, there's, there's a billion things to try. There's music and it's that whole festival side of things, which, which, Melbourne and the Australian Open do so well. So I think the, the tennis bit, okay, that starts to affect it, – it it's still is massively important. I'm not shying away from that. But, it, you know, I think the other stories emerge, like 
Novak has is created massive interest now on the back of he's still holding the young guys at bay, and the young guys are exciting. Like Alcaraz is fantastic. Um, Sinner, we've got him down at Kuyong. I, he, he's beat Novak twice in the last in within and lost once within nine days two weeks ago. So he's a contender. So this sort of the champ and the contender lines are there. The the the, the women's stories are there. Like there's the the um, the mothers that are coming back, like Wozniaki, Osaka, like you know, they're coming back having had kids, and so you, there's always going to be enough storylines. It's not to say it's not shying away from the Aussie storylines being massive, but we've got Dimoner, you know, he's, he's verging on top ten. He can beat most guys most of the time. Rarely loses to guys ranked below him. So you know, you'll follow that story. And there's eight guys in the top hundred, so their stories. It just so much. It coughs up so much every day that you kind of get. Even if you lose some stories, you pick up another one on the way through, and that's how the Open will do it again, as it always does. So, how is Kuyong looking? Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard well, over in right. Honkers, but uh, the joint was on fire oh, earlier. Oh, jeez. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> is, it, is it okay? Has someone put the fire out? Can you talk us through what happened? Well, I can't talk you through. I do know. Look, first of all, everyone's safe and uninjured and that's that's essential the, the, but I, look i was in a bit of a meeting here and so my phone was just going off from different people and but it, it, it but i've only had a just a quick text back from chris brown the ceo who assured me everything's fine so but goodness i then i was just before coming on with you guys i was just looking on the um i google i google kuyong and it's it's certainly out there. It's, it, but actually, it's good that a few of them have mentioned who's actually playing the classic. So that was handy. Um, but we've got uh, we've got Yannick Sinner who's ranked four. We've got Holger Rune who's ranked eight. And these are the young gun stories, which are I think are really going to shine in in January. And um, uh, who else? We've got Tiafo ranked fifteen. Uh, Dominic Team, former U.S. Open champion. Um, uh, Chilich, um, Stan Varinka. We've got three former U.S. Open champs. So and we still haven't announced our women's field, mainly because I'm still working on it, and um, <laughs> we'll have a few other other players as well. So I think we're in really good shape, and um, you know it, it plays its role in the. It's an important fine tuning for the Australian Open being in the um, being in Melbourne just down the road. Yeah, ticket sales were on fire today. There's no doubt about that. Jono, as we let you go, it is also the John Newcomb medal tonight. You touched on Alex Diminari. He'd be odds-on favourite to win, he probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves because of his the way he plays his tennis. He's low-key. He doesn't attract the headlines like a, a Nick Kyrgios does. But it would be, particularly the year he's had, it would be due recognition for what he's been able to achieve on the court. Oh, I think so, right? And I think you summed it up beautifully. He doesn't quite get, it, get the recognition, you know, but he's always there about. His ranking is so close to top ten. You know, like I said earlier, he rarely loses to anyone below him. It's just that last little step, which is so difficult. And there's been a couple of guys who play through him a little bit, like Sinner has the last couple of times. And but you know, a few things can open up in draws, and he's a, he's a real contender in slams. And I would have thought, based on the year, I mean, I don't know all the criteria for the the nukes, and you've got Storm. Hunter is now the one, number one doubles player in the world in women's, which is great. But I just think Alex has had a an exceptional year probably his 
probably his best year on tour. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're busy um, up there in Hong Kong, and hopefully we catch up with you uh, plenty of times through the Australian summer. No, a pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. And Peter Johnston, who is the tournament director of the Kuyong Classic.